And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. Will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Bill Johnstone stars as Lamont Cranston, alias The Shadow, going back to 1942. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular Katy Perry songs. And a Hollywood 360 listener named Cindy and I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa? That's right. We've got Cindy on the phone from Gurney, Illinois, also close by to us. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for calling in. Are you a Katy Perry fan or just hanging out with us? Yes, I do. I I do like her. Oh, oh. good. I'm so glad. We need a little competition here. So I, I think I'm going to predict that Cindy is going to do really well. <laughs> Me too. Because I know nothing <laughs> at all about this Katy, was your idea, Katy but... <laughs> Perry songs. I really um, don't. Do you watch her on American Idol? No. Well, yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, but thank God for my daughter listening, because that's where I pretty much get it. She knows, yeah, your daughter listens, and then you know the names. That's great. That's right. Well, right, well let's, uh, let's, talk let's do a little this. Katy Perry. Yeah. And her name is Catherine Elizabeth Hudson, actually. Mm, okay. Um, but I'm just going to play a clip, and as soon as you know the title, shout it out. Here's the first song. These are her top songs. Just thought I'd mention that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you heard of the song? Yeah, though? I've heard it. I don't right, know the don't name. Know what it's called? The title's almost here. Next line. She's good. I like this song. There it is. Last Friday night. Oh, last Friday That's night. That's what it's called. Right. This yeah. is from her album Teenage Dreams. Uh, so she said that she was inspired to write this after a night of wild partying and streaking. And streaking? And streaking. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, where was I? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Missed that Darn one. Darn it. <laughs> yeah. oh, all right, man. let's move on to you the know, next it's one. all about timing, you know? That's Life right. Life is all about timing. Right. Cindy. Yeah, and Friday nights. Yeah. And, and, and Friday nights. <laughs> Here's the next song. All right. Um, this is um, Poison? No. Poison picture? Frame? <laughs> no. Poison? No. Kiss? You... Poison kiss? No. Poison kiss? What Cindy, is this? You know this one? Teenage Dream? No. I think it's called Supernatural. 
No? What is it? It's E.T. Extraterrestrial. I have no idea. She just said it. So it's from her album Teenage Dream in 2010. No idea. But you've heard the song, though, right? Cindy, have you heard this song? I have. I have heard this song. And I kind of like it. Yeah, it's a cool song. I guess I wasn't listening. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're off to a great start. All right. Uh, I I feel like you'll know the next one. We're off to a great start. Cindy, I think you're going to know the next song. Here we go. Kiss a girl. I kissed a girl. girl. That's yeah. it. I got one. Yes. Released in uh, 2008 on her album One of the Boys. This I is a, kissed this a girl song and I liked it. Totally made, put her on the board. Yeah. This is her uh, catapult to stardom. Yeah. Right. Uh, I kissed the girl and I liked it. <laughs> it's a great song. It is. Right? Yeah. She's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> I kissed the girl and I liked it. There's some other lines besides that. <laughs> some about her cherry chapstick right. lipstick or something. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I kissed the All girl. All right. Well, you got one there. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here's the next song. Come on, Cindy. For you. You could travel the world, but nothing comes close to the golden coast. Once you party with us, you'll be going in love. Something LA or something? There it is. California oh, Girls. California Girls. Yep. Girls. Another, and another you know what I song. didn't realize? It's spelled G-U-R-L-S. I couldn't tell you why, but it is. And it's from her album Teenage Dream That's in 2010. That's a great song. This song features the verses from rapper Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cindy, do you like this song? It's good, right? I do. I do like this song. It's really great. I mean, I like her music a lot. I do like her music. And what's she on American Idol? Is that what she she's does? a judge? Okay, with, she's uh, a judge. Lionel Richie and oh um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other guy. Who's the other guy? Uh, the country guy uh, has been oh, on for yeah. a while. Married to Nicole Kidman, right? No, no, no. He's long gone. Oh, is he? No, it's okay. um, Luke. Oh, Luke Bryant. Luke Bryant. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Luke. Yeah. 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 All right, so All right. I'm up one. Yep, yep. Come on, Cindy. Here's the next song. Come on, guys. Here I come. Here I come. You just gotta ignite the light and let it shine. Just on the night. Fireworks. Yes, fireworks. All right, Cindy. That's right. Released in 2010. Here it is. Good job. It's tied, you guys. We're tied up, Cindy. And there's one one left. Uh-oh. Boiling down to the last Uh-oh. one here. She's so good. I'm going to get her, like, greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> here they are. I'm playing them for you. All right. These are her greatest hits. We should know. That's right. This is the final song, final guys. Song. We're in a heated competition. Let's go. All right. Oh, hot and cold. Yes. All right. You Cindy. got it. Hot and cold from her album, One of the Boys, 28. Yay. Good wow, job, Cindy. She did it. She did it. You pulled it out in the end there. I'm hot and I'm cold. I'm saying <laughs> I know they're out. You're dirt down. You're right. <laughs> it's white. 
kiss we make up. <laughs> I wonder if she let me tour with her, uh, Cindy. You Does think she, she tour? Would she let yeah, me tour you're with her? You're pretty darn good. You're pretty, All right, that was what I was so thinking. Much. You're pretty darn good. Cindy, <laughs> Cindy, you, you were pretty darn good. Do you own a record label or anything that you could sign me? No, but uh, I might have connections if I check. All right. There we go. Keep me in mind if they need a singer. I'm trying <laughs> to get a. I'm trying to get a record gig out of this radio show. So, uh, but okay. great job, City. I'm going to send you some CDs. You're going to love it, and you did great. You did really well. Thank you so oh, much for calling, Cindy. You're awesome. Oh, very fun. Thanks, uh, you're so Thank awesome. You. Thank you, Cindy. Take care. When we come, day. you too. Okay. When we come back, it's the shadow. Don't miss that. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Are you ready for probably the most famous radio series, definitely of the mystery detective genre, the Shadow. Oh, my gosh. I love The Shadow. The very first actor to play Lamont Cranston on the radio was Orson Welles. And, you know, when people would be like, hey, you can't do that, he'd say, oh, Wells." We say that all the time here. Whenever we say it, we're like, oh, Wells." Oh, Wells." Yeah, and then after Orson Welles left, he became a big uh, celebrity because he did The War of the Worlds and he went to Hollywood, started making uh, films, including, um, you know, the most famous film possibly of all time. You know what that was, right? Huh? What? Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane. Oh, Citizen Kane. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so then they were like, well, we need another actor to play The Shadow, and right. they hired Bill Johnstone. And actually, I think he just kind of inherited the role because he was on a lot of those episodes with Orson Welles, the supporting character, mm-hmm. and they were just like, all right, you you do Makes it, sense. you know, from yeah. now on. Um, so if I, you know, if I leave, you're just the host, and then Mike will be the co-host. We'll bring somebody else wow. in here. yes, let's it do just, it. It just, you know, it yeah. gets better that way. Absolutely, right? I agree. Right? Goes from a C-plus C to plus. an A-plus. <laughs> uh, so uh, Bill Johnstone plays Lamont Cranston on this episode, and Marjorie Anderson plays the lovely... Margot Lane. This is called Dead Men Tell, March 1st, 1942. Here's an episode of The Shadow.
shadow knows. <laughs> the thrilling adventures of the shadow are on the air, brought to you each week at this time by your neighborhood blue coal dealer. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Have you ever used blue coal? Well, you've heard the saying, it's cheaper to buy the best. Good fuel and the correct size to fit your furnace is real economy. If you've never used blue coal, plan to give it a trial now. You'll notice the difference in more even, healthful heat, and you'll be pleasantly surprised at how economical it is to use. So finish the winter with blue coal. Prove to yourself that you get more for your money. Get in touch with your neighborhood blue coal dealer right away. Tomorrow. The Shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Several years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The secret of hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Dead Men Tell. sleep, that born from which no traveler ever returns, that eternal rest called death. How often men have attempted to close the mouth of the accuser, seal their lips forever, and how often have they failed. For dead men, in spite of the legend, do tell. Yes, they speak and point with a bony, fleshless finger at their murderers. Sign right here, Matley, right on the dotted line. No. No, I won't do it. You like living, Johnny. Kind of nice, ain't it? You wouldn't do anything to me, Max. No. Max Merkel likes to collect his money. You don't like Welch's. Either you pay up or it's free to make flowers for you. Okay. Okay, let go of me. I'll sign. That's better. But this note is for $50,000. Yeah. I only owe you $10,000. Just a little interest, Johnny boy. Just a little interest to keep me happy till your old man dies and leaves his dough to you. I gotta have something extra for waiting, don't I? Go ahead, sign. All right. Uh, now remember, this is a little business between you and me. One word from you to your old man about this and, uh, well, I collect my money that much sooner. You get it? I collect my money sooner than you expect. Now get out. Okay. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> All right, he's gone. You can come out. Did you get it, Max? Sure you got it, Gilly. The old master never fails. Thank you, Gloria, for the vote of confidence. Where is it? Here. Hey, what is this? Certified check for ten grand, Gilly. Stop me if I'm wrong. You can stop. You're wrong. What? Max, you let him get away without getting... Not without, baby. Read what the paper says, Julie. I promise to pay Max Merkel a sum of $50,000. Fifty? When, Max? 
When he's got the money. When his old man dies and leaves it to him. And you let him get away with this? His old man is good for 20 years yet. Yeah, but will he live that long? That's the question. Now listen, Michael. My cut of that 10 grand was 2,500. I want it now. And I say you can get it. I'll get it or I'll... You'll what, Julie? He's dead. You killed him. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to you, Gloria. Max Marco does things his own way. You're a fool, John. A weak, blind fool. How much longer will I have to watch over you? How much longer will I have to fight your battles for you? Last year, it was that singer, Gloria Kingsley, and well, now... he said he'd kill me, Dad, if I didn't sign that note. $50,000. How much did you actually lose at Mirko's crooked gambling house? 10000 Ten... And you signed for five times that amount? Why? Well, I... I told him that you wouldn't give me that much money, and he said, well, you get your father's dough when he dies, don't you? And I said, yes. He said, well, I... I can wait, but I want interest. So you'd even gamble on your father's life. But, Dad... Get out! I'm through with you. Dad, I... I'm calling Arnold Fanders right now and cutting you out of my will. Look, Dad... Get out, I said! All right. All right, Dad, but you're not changing your will. There are ways to stop that. More ways than one. So my son would even threaten me, huh? Threaten me. Well, we'll see about that. Hello? Oh, hello, Arnold. Is that you? Yes, Gustav. What is it? You sound upset. Oh, it's that son of mine again, Arnold. I've decided it doesn't hurt him. No, no, no. This God. time I'm serious. I've never been... Look, how soon can you get here? Well, I'm right next door. I can get there in five minutes, but can't this wait till tomorrow? No, I'm changing my will tonight. I want you to bring... To bring... Oh, what's that? Batley. My head... My head... It, it feels like fire. Well, what is it? Oh, uh, What's oh. the matter? Gus! Gus! Well, you know how it is, Cranston. Here today, gone tomorrow, was just one of those things. Well, who is he, Commissioner? Who is he? Well, Cranston, I told you. Why don't you listen? Commissioner Weston, you've been talking steadily for 16 minutes, and you haven't once mentioned the name of that man. 16 minutes. Uh, Miss Lane, I am known to my associates as Tight Lips Weston. I never speak more than two or three words at a time. In fact, when I... Why? Who was the man? What man? Oh, the man. Oh, uh, Gustav Mantley. The broker? Yeah. Well, isn't he the man whose son got so mixed up in that scandal last year? Breach of promise and all that? Yes, that's right, Lamont. Nightclub singer, wasn't she? Gloria... Uh, Gloria Kingsley. That's right, Gloria Kingsley. Yes. And if I remember correctly... That wasn't the first time that John Matley has been in trouble. Always had his father to buy his way out of scrapes. All of which means... That the father's death looks very suspicious. Hold on to your hats, boys. Here we go again. Now, look, Cranston, there were no marks of violence on Gustav Matley's body. Medical examiner says there was no evidence of poison, no foul play, and you're making a murder out of it. Commissioner Weston? Yes? I'm John Matley. Oh, yes. You told me on the phone that you wanted to see me. Yes, Matley. Uh, sit down, boy. Thank you. Uh, this is going to be something of a shock to you, but you've... My father. It is about my father, isn't it? Yes. He's dead. I knew it. I knew it would happen. You did? You knew it would happen. Well, my father was a very violent man. He flew into such terrible tempers. The doctor warned him that he would die of heart failure someday. Heart failure? Well, it might interest you to know that the medical examiner found no indication of heart failure. 
No evidence of anything that might have caused your father's death. Well, what did he die of? That, Mr. Matley, is the mystery. Mr. I was just wondering... Say, what is my office? Grand Central Station? Arnold Fantasy. Yes, John. I heard that the police had sent for you, and I came here to help you. I don't want your help. Why, you young... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where do you two think you are? I'll have no more of this. I'm I'm sorry, Commissioner. You see, I'm Arnold Fantas, the deceased Gustav Matley's attorney. Well, why did you come here, Mr. Fantas? I felt it was my duty to help John defend himself against this murder charge. Murder? What are you talking about? The murder of your father, of course. It's strange that you say that, Mr. Fantas, because as yet the police are not even sure that it was murder. obvious that Matley killed his father, Lamont. Obvious, Margot. After all, the only evidence the police have is Fanta's statement that John and his father quarreled and his father was about to cut him out of his will. Yes, well, that's certainly motive enough for a young good-for-nothing like John Matley. If I were Commissioner Weston, I wouldn't have let him go (laughs) scot-free. Well, you're not the Commissioner, Margot. Anyway... Weston's assigned a man to trail young Matley. He can't get away. Now, pardon me, Mr. Cranston, Miss Lane. Oh, what is it, Shrevey? Well, it seems my bosom friend and companion, Big Charlie, and me is discussing this now Matley case in full detail we are discussing. And uh, what conclusion did you reach? Well, we reached that if we had been the father of this now guy, uh, uh, John Matley, uh, we would have been different. You mean you wouldn't have threatened to disinherit your son? No, no, that, Miss Lane, is bad, uh... uh, uh psychology, Shrevey? Uh, my very words, Mr. Cranston. <laughs> Well, what would you have done in Mr. Matley's place, Shrevey? Well, I in Mr. Matley's place would have taken the boy gently but firmly by the hand and uh, kicked him the heck down the stairs. <laughs> oh, here it is, uh, Mr. Matley's house. <laughs> well, I'll see you later, Margot. Oh, Lamont, can't I come along, too? No, Margot. Gustav Matley's will is to be read here today, and the shadow is going to be present. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? There's Alan Reed again, who played Fred Flintstone as Shrevey, the uh, cab driver. He used to right. drive them all around New York. We were Alan just talking Reed. about him, how he pops un- up all over the everywhere. place. everywhere. All right, we're listening to The Shadow. This is called Dead Men Tell. This stars Bill Johnstone as Lamont Cranston, alias The Shadow, and Marjorie Anderson as the lovely, she was quite lovely, mm-hmm. Margot Lane. Yeah, a March 1st, 1942 broadcast of The Shadow. We'll be back to it in a moment. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. That's me! That's me. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, that's an inside uh, joke. Uh, <laughs> we got some advice. Yeah, we got some advice from a very uh, prominent person. Right. That said at the beginning of the show when I say, "Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari and this is Hollywood 360." And then I say, "My co-host is the quint- quintessential Lisa Wolf." This person suggested Lisa jump in and say, that's me. And I decided no. I didn't yeah. care for that. I just sounded Even though a little, this was uh, someone I that, know. I just felt like it just sounds a like, little immature. That's me. I, I just, I felt like it sort of just breaks so up So we've kind of laughed about that all this so time. So I don't do that. Yeah. Well, I, I think you should try it uh, in the to, next hour. <laughs> okay, I'll the do next it next hour. hour. Jump in. Okay, I'm going to do you, that. in the next hour? I will, just, but just so you know, it's a joke. I won't let, actually be uh, serious about no, it. No, but at least do it one time. I'll do it next hour. Yeah, so okay. when I say... Uh, whatever I <laughs> call you in this next hour. Right. I think, we'll see. The next hour I say, hang on a second. Let's practice. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. Uh, where is it? Where's your name? Oh, here we go. go. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. That's me. Yeah. So do that in the okay. next hour. Got it. And let's I, see. I'm practiced. So I'm, I'm ready. All right. Uh, I call you astonishing. Okay. Well, that part is true. <laughs> <laughs> How's that Roma wines over? Oh, there? it's doing great. Can I have any? Um, can I have so a sip? Can I, have a I glass? can't share. Just, give me, a, germs. just give me one glass. You full. have to get your own glass then. I'll get a glass. Okay, can go I get have a glass? I want to try it. I'll give you a half. I mean, where do you get Roma wines? <laughs> I have it shipped out from this uh, vineyard in California. Really? They make it still? I don't think just they still you? make it, but they store. They have it some stored up there for you. Well, I'm sure there are other people besides me, but oh. I do pay a premium for it, but it's worth it. Yeah, well, you need it. I mean, I do. <laughs> I need it. That's right. I got to have it. I need my I Roma. Need it. Please <laughs> send me Roma. Oh, my gosh. All right, we're listening to The Shadow. And, you know, when, uh, I mean, I have, a, I have over, I have over 100,000 radio shows, okay, Lisa, under license from various estates that um, own these programs. And we get them from the from the rights holders. Ninety percent of the shows that we get, we're we're, we're getting from maybe it's not ninety, but close to ninety percent from the rights holders. And uh, generally, when we get them, they're in, you know they're discs or they're great quality uh, masters. The shadow, there's so few really good quality episodes. Like I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes mm. of the shadow in my library. But maybe 25 of them are um, good enough quality to air or to put in the Classic Radio Club. This is one of them. This one, this particular one is really good quality. Most of the Orson Welles ones are pretty good. Even those are, those are earlier episodes. There's 1938 episodes. This is a 1942 episode. The guy who played The Shadow the longest, Brett Morrison, he had the role for like 10 years, right? And you're talking about... 50 episodes a year, so 500-plus episodes he did. There's maybe five good episodes, quality-wise, of Brett Morrison. Oh, that's so that, sad. That's a sad. It is. I wish we could find these, you know, just find more great-quality shadow. But that's why we don't air the shadow that often, and everyone's like, oh, air more of the shadow. Right. Well, I would like to, but um, not a lot in good quality. But this one is Dead Men Tell. March 1st, 1942, Bill Johnstone starring. Here's the conclusion to The Shadow. Arnold Fannis will be here any minute now to read the will. You both better go. Oh, no. Don't forget, I got a 50 grand interest in that will, Johnny boy. I stay. Me? 
What about me, Johnny? You were paid off, Gloria. My father gave you $5,000 for those letters I wrote you. That's right. Now that I think of it, they were worth much more than that, Johnny. You get out of here right now, both of you. Listen to him. He ain't very polite, is he? After all I've done for him. What have you done for me? Much more than you know, kid. More than you know. I... I don't understand you. Maybe he bumped off your old man for you so you could get his money. Shut up, you. Shut up. Ooh, look what little Gloria turned up. So it was you, Max. What? Well, now I'm really going to be paid off from both sides and good. Well, now, that throws a different light on things. How'd you do it, Max? Oh, are you kidding, Johnny boy? I talked you into it the other night so you could get his money. Even if I had, you can't prove it. You can't prove it. Now get out of here. Get out of here. I'm staying. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see. Nice little act of yours, Miss Kingsley, but I'm not buying. You're going to cut me in, Max. I know too much. Look, you're a nice girl, but I don't like partners. It's unhealthy for any partner of mine. Like it or not, Maxie, I'm in. Whether you killed old Matley or not, I saw you get Gilly. Suit yourself, Miss Kingsley, but don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> so the vultures gather. Who said that? I heard something, too. You heard the shadow, Miss Kingsley. Shadow? I can't see anyone. The shadow cannot be seen. Huh? No, 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 don't look for me. What do you want? I want to know how Gustav Matley died. And you, Mr. Mirko, can shed some light on that subject. No, I don't know anything about it. You murdered Gustav Matley. That's a lie. Sure, that's it. That's how it happened, Shadow. As for you, Miss Kingsley, the law concerning blackmail is very severe. You got nothing on me. Nor me, Shadow. We shall see, Mr. Max Mirko. We shall see. Phone on that desk there. It's ringing. So what? Well, answer it. Why? It ain't for me. I heard the phone ringing. Answer it for me, will you, Marco? Answer it yourself. Oh, it's the reporters again. I don't want to talk to them. I can't stand to hear a phone ring without answering. Why don't you, then? Sure. Why not? No. No, Gloria. Hello? Hello? No one on the wire. Hello? Someone probably got the wrong... Wrong... Oh! Ahead! Gloria! Fire! Burn! My head! Drop that receiver, Miss Kingsley. What's wrong? My head! Claudia! What's the matter with her? She's dead, Max. What? Dead, huh? I told her I didn't like partners. Now... Back to the shadow. And there it is, Cranston. The telephone people say definitely that the phone had not been tampered with. Well, then why did this Gloria Kingsley die when she picked up the receiver? Margo, my dear, she didn't die as a result of picking up the receiver. Something else caused her death. Well, what? I, uh, yeah, that's a good question. A good question. Cranston, will you take Miss Lane out of here? She's slowly but surely driving me out of my mind. Margo, stop asking so many questions. Not the questions that bother me. It's the answers. (laughs) Commissioner, what sort of an autopsy was performed on the body of Gustav Matley? I don't get you. Well, was it thorough? Well, look for yourself. Here's a report on my desk here. Oh, thank you. No marks of violence, no poison. Commissioner, can you get an order to exhume the body of Gustav Matley? Yes, but why do you want it? 
No mention is made in this report of a brain examination, and I would... Pardon me, Commissioner Weston. Mind if I come in? Not at all, Mr. Fantas. What can I do for you? Oh, hello, Miss Lane, Mr. Cranston. How do you do? How do you do? As you probably know by now, Commissioner, the DA has secured an indictment against John Matley for the murder of his father. I just heard about it an hour ago, Mr. Fantas. Well, I've decided to represent John Matley. Decided? But I thought that you and young Matley didn't get along. He didn't want your help. Mr. Cranston, I assure you that I have no respect and very little affection for the boy, but... After all, he's still the son of my best friend. Mr. Fantas, do you believe him innocent? Now, is that a fair question to ask the boy's legal representative, Miss Lane? Well, he's right. Well, then here's something that you can do. Sign an exhumation order for the body of Gustav Matley. Well, that's impossible, Mr. Cranston. Impossible, huh? Well, let me tell you, Mr. Fantas, we can have the body exhumed with or without your approval. Well, you don't understand. Gustav Matley's body was cremated. Cremated? Who ordered that? I did. It was Gustav Matley's wish. Lamont, be mysterious if you want to. I'm not being mysterious, Margot. You wanted to come along, and you said you didn't care where I was going. 746 3rd Street. Yes, sir. Well, this can't be it. It can't be. But it is. What are you talking about, Shrevey? Well, you said that we was going to call on a young lady, Mr. Cranston. Young lady? At this time of night? Lamont, who is she? Not a very live number, if you should ask me. This is our undertaking parlor. A what? An undertaking parlor, Margot? The young lady happens to be Gloria Kingsley. But Lamont, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been saying. She's uh, dead. <laughs> what am I laughing at? Worry, Treby? In a word, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Coming, Margot? Well, yes. Well, what can you find out here, Lamont? Margot, Gloria Kingsley has something that she can tell the police. Something that they've overlooked. Tell the police? I don't even like to hear you talk like this. I don't even like yes, it. Yes, Margot, the dead have a way of speaking. I don't get it. I don't like it. Coming, Margot? Yes, I'll come. Uh, if, if it's all the same to you, Mr. Cranston, I'll wait right here. I'll wait with my engine running. See you in a few minutes, Reby. Uh, uh, make it a very few. Oh, it doesn't look like there's anyone inside the undertaking parlor. That's why we came at this hour, Margot. We're going to bring Miss Kingsley's body back with us. Oh, Lamont, is that necessary? Yes. Here, let's try the door. It shouldn't be locked. I guess undertakers are one group of people who aren't afraid of burglars. Come on. Let's go in. Lamont, I can see a light burning there in the back room. That's strange. Hardly expected to run into anyone at this hour. There seems to be two men back there. Undertakers certainly keep strange hours. I don't think they're the undertakers, Margot. Well, who are they? I can't quite... Now, wait. The light's just gone off. They must have heard us. Yeah, they're gone. Come on, Margot. See if you can find the light switch. All right. Wait a minute. Here, I've got it. There. Oh, Lamont. Now, Margot, just the back room of an undertaking parlor, that's all. Yeah, only one coffin here. Uh, Gloria Kingsley? Weston said her body was sent here. Now, let's open this coffin lid and see what's to be seen. Lamont! It's empty. Uh-uh. Our friends are leaving. Come on, Margot. Back to the cab. We're following that car that just pulled away. Why, Lamont? Unless I miss my guest, Gloria Kingsley's body's in it. Keep your foot down on the gas, Shrevey. I think we're gaining on them. Yes, sir. Hang on. We're, we're turning. Oh, another corner on two wheels. If this keeps up, we'll all be caught. Down oh, to the floor oh. of the cab, Margot. They're shooting at us. Where do you think I am, Lamont? 
on. Me too, huh, Mr. Cranston? Make room for me. No, no, not you, Shreve. You're driving. Yes, sir, but, but I'm not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it. No! Oh, there goes my machine. I'll buy you a new one, Shreve. Keep after them. Hey, they slow it down. They're slower. Look. <laughs> They've just tossed something out of their car. Stop! Stop, Shrevey! It's a pleasure, Mr. Cranston, a pleasure. Now, let's see what it is. You stay here, Margot. For the first time in my life, I have no curiosity. Come on, Shrevey. Uh, me? You, you want I should come with you, Mr. Cranston? You're not afraid, are you, Shrevey? No, no, I'm just shivering because it's c- kind of chilly tonight. Uh, let's go! Uh, uh, you first. This big bundle must be it. Wrapped in a sheet, it's wrapped. I'm going to open it. Maybe I ought to go back to the cab and garden this later. stay here, Shrevey! <sighs> Good heavens. Oh. Gloria Kingsley's body. And the head is missing. Coming. Oh, Lamont, come in. I've been trying to reach you all over town for the last half hour. You have, Margot? Yes. Arnold Fant has called and says that he has a full confession to the murders from Max Merkel, the gambler. What? Max Merkel confessed? Yes. Fattis has Mirko over to his home, and he wants us to come over there to witness the confession. Hmm. It doesn't add up, Margot. Why? I'll tell you later. Look, you go to Arnold Fantis' home. Tell him I'll be a little late. But, Lamont, why can't you go with me? Margot, it just occurred to me that Gustav... Gustav Matley's will has never been read. And I have a hunch that the solution to this whole mystery can be found there. Well, let's not wait any longer for Mr. Cranston, Miss Lane. If you'll follow me, we'll have this over with in a minute. You know, Mr. Fantinus, I didn't realize that your house was right next door to the Matley home until I came here tonight. Oh, yes, yes. We've been neighbors for years. Right this way, please. Yes. Step in, Miss Lane. Yes, thank you. Well, there's nobody here. I know. I merely wanted you to see the evidence before you heard the confession to the murders. Evidence? Last night, Gloria Kingsley's body was stolen from the undertaking parlor and decapitated. The head was stolen. You know that? Yes, Miss Lane. Here, look at this. In this box. Oh, Gloria Kingsley's head. Yes, Miss Lane. Not a very pretty thing to keep in one's house, but you see, that head can convict the murderer. How do you happen to have it? Because, Miss Lane... I am the murderer. What? You? Does that surprise you, Miss Lane? Oh, how stupid of me. I wouldn't have had to kill you after all, would I? But you see, I thought you and your friend, Lamont Cranston, were onto me last night when you went searching for Gloria Kingsley's body. Then it was you who stole it, not Max Merkel. No, Miss Lane. We both had a hand in the theft of the body, but unfortunately, Max had a violent dislike for partners, so there was nothing I could do but cure him of that dislike permanently. But why do you keep this head? Because locked in it is the solution to the mystery of the deaths of both Gustav Matley, my deceased client, and Gloria Kingsley. You see, the brain is burnt to ashes. Why are you telling me all this? Because you're going to die too, Miss Lane. No. Oh, yes. Yes, it's quite painless. No. Just an unpleasant burning sensation in your brain. No! No! The door locks automatically, Miss Lane. You can't escape. No. Now for my machine and my little ray of death. No. You see, you can't escape. My ray can penetrate brick and steel. It can kill up to a distance of 300 feet. That's how I was able to kill Gustav Matley and Gloria Kingsley from my house. My ray was trained on the desk chair in the study of Matley's home. When the phone rang, I knew that whoever answered it would then be sitting in that chair. 
simple. <laughs> Not simple enough for you to escape punishment for your crimes, Arnold Fantas. Shadow. Who said that? Where is that voice? Right beside you, Arnold Fantas. The voice you hear is the voice of the shadow. The shadow? So, you murdered your good friend Gustav Matley to keep him from discovering that you had falsified his will so as to leave everything to you. Yes, Shadow. And in attempting to murder his son, you killed Gloria Kingsley. Yes, now you know. You couldn't have defended young Matley in a court of law, Fantas, and you know it. You were disbarred for illegal practices years ago. So, you know all my secret, Shadow. Did you believe that you could escape paying for your crimes? Yes, Shadow, because only you and Miss Lane here know my secret, and you're both going to die. There. Now my death ray is ready. I can't see you, Shadow, but my ray can find you. It doesn't have to see. Fantas. I'm going to turn it slowly and spray the room with it. Nothing can live in its path. It burns internally. Shadow, stop it. Nothing, no power can stop me now, Miss Lane. There. Now, slow, slow, every part of the room. Shadow, it's pointing toward me. Shadow, I... Fainted, fainted, Miss Lane. No matter, we will come back to you later. First, I must deal with a shadow. Why don't you speak to me, Shadow? Is it possible that you're already dead? Ah, that's it. I've killed the shadow. Now to finish off my little job, Miss Lane must feel the deadly ray, and then, then I'm free. What? What? The machine! The machine! It's... It's... (laughs) Yes, Fantas, your diabolical machine is destroyed. You've reached the end of your road of crime. (laughs) That everlasting sleep. That born from which no traveler ever returns. That eternal rest called death. How often men have attempted to close the mouth of the accuser, seal their lips forever, and how often they have failed. For dead men, in spite of the legend, do tell. Yes, they speak and point with a bony, fleshless finger at their murderers. The Shadow Program is based on a story copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications. The characters' names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. In the South Pacific today, American soldiers are fighting desperately against overwhelming odds. They're making every shot count. Picture an American sniper at work. There's one of them. Watch this now. Easy does it. Perfect. Here comes another one. You can do your bit right here at home. You can help put bullets in that gun. You can help build warships and planes and tanks and all the material of war to help those soldiers who are out on the battle line right this minute. Buy United States bonds and stamps regularly, every week. Make a budget for bonds. That's how you can help show the Axis gangsters that for nations, justice for individuals... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. (laughs) Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. 
And be sure to phone your neighborhood blue coal dealer for greater heating comfort at less cost. Remember, keep the home fires burning with blue coal. This story was produced by the DL&W Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Ah, uh, the coal has actually had a hint of blue in it. You know that? That's why they, they called it blue coal. It was America's finest anthracite. But the coal itself had like a I've blue seen tint. I've actually seen some blue coal, you know. And it it had like a like a, a, a tint of blue in there. And that's why I guess they <laughs> called it appropriately <laughs> called it blue coal. Yeah. It was a sponsor of the shadow for a while. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Dead Men Tell, starring William Johnstone as Lamont Cranston, alias The Shadow, who had learned the hypnotic secret to cloud men's minds so they could not see him. Boy, I wish I had that power. Oh, you and me you know, both. If I had that power, I'd be a superhero detective, too. Yeah. Why don't I have a superpower? I wish I had a superpower. Maybe you do. You just haven't honed it. You know what it I wish I wish wish my power was? What? That I could fly. I was going to say the same thing. I wish Flying I could would fly. be great. But I'd rather have super strength. Strength would be great. You know what I would do if I had super strength? No. I would be find buildings like Spider-Man. No. No, that you'd need to be able that's a different that's a different superhero power. No, if I had super strength, you know what I would do? No. I'd be a UFC fighter. Oh, is that yeah, something that you'd one like of my, to be? <laughs> I would love to be a UFC fighter. Yeah, interesting. Go in there and have like 10 times the strength of the of your opponent. Oh, that'd be so great. Yeah, you could still get like pummeled. It's not no. all about the strength. Yeah, man. No, I was going to no. say there's a lot more than strength. No, 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 no. Yeah, you if, could. I, if I was 10 times stronger than the I'll other guy. You could still get beat up. No, no, no. Okay. March 1st, 1942 <laughs> episode of The Shadow. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. That's right. We're going back to 1980 with this song. Friday night I crashed your party. Saturday I said I'm sorry. Sunday came and trashed me out again. You know the title? Yeah, it's Billy Joel. Yeah. And it's (laughs) only having fun. Wasn't hurting (laughs) anyone. And they all enjoyed the weekend for a change. This is called... Um, this is from his 1980 album, Glass Houses. Glass House. number I seven. I, I did it. too. Number seven, and it's called... Even rode my roller cycle <laughs> in, the, in rain. the rain. This is... Um, what's it called? Laid <laughs> uh, <laughs> home alive. Only fools that I'm insane. Here it is. You may be right. There it is. You may be right. Billy Joel. Maybe crazy. I love Billy Joel. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Lisa Wolf. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, Alan Ladd stars in Box 13. Plus, we're going to play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? Right, Lisa? Right, the music edition. These are all makeup songs. Makeup. And there's a pizza on the line. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can't wait. Get prepared. Villanopoly, <laughs> Norwich, my favorite place in the world for pizza. We'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.